this missions conference, we've been kind of focusing on preparing for evangelism. Last night we looked at preparing for good soil, and this morning in the Sunday school hour we looked at preparing the missionary. And so for our final session, we're going to look at the Word of God and look at preparing for glory. And we're going to start by looking at a couple of passages of Scripture that reveals the relationship with glorifying God and evangelism, salvation. So if you have your Bible with you this morning, uh, please turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to look at Paul's communications to this church in Corinth. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I'm going to start in verse 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 5 to 7. Paul writes, For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. It is amazing, isn't it, that God chose to save us, that God chose to use us as his messenger of that precious gospel. Paul goes on in verse 14 of chapter 4, says, Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus, and will present us with you. For all things are for your sake, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. God uses us to spread His grace that may cause thanksgiving to abound to His glory. This morning our passage is going to be found in Philippians, so if you can turn to Philippians chapter 1, we're going to be looking at what God says through Paul to the church at Philippi in Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. Paul and Timothy, again referred to as bondservants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine making requests for you with all joy, for your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Just as it is right for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense and the confirmation of the gospel, you are partakers with me of grace. For God is my witness, how greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense until the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ 
to the glory and the praise of God. To the glory and the praise of God. He actually ends the book with the statement, Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's open in prayer, shall we? Father, we come before you today with hearts full of thanksgiving and gratitude. Father, thank you for giving us this day, that you have prepared this day for us. We thank you that you have given us the breath of life. We thank you for the eternal life we have as believers in Jesus Christ. We thank you for this body of believers here who sacrificially give, who pray, and who go around this area and around the world to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, we would just pray that our hearts would be open, that our minds would be clear to the message of your word this morning, that it would not be my words, but it would be the words of your Bible that penetrate our hearts, that cause us to be conformed to the image of your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, we pray that whatever we do, that we would glorify you in our words, in our thoughts, in our actions, as we interact with one another as brothers and sisters of Christ, we pray that that will glorify you. We pray that our testimony that we take out into the community would bring you glory as well. Father, we look forward to the day that we will be with you for eternity. But until that day, Father, I pray that we will continue to boldly proclaim the truth of Jesus Christ, that we would live it out in all that we do, that people around us would see a tremendous difference, that you would draw them to yourself through our testimony and ministry. We pray that we would see fruit in this church and in the churches that they support through their missionaries around the world. Again, Father, thank you for what you continue to do in and through us, that you're not done, but you continue to draw us toward yourself. And we thank you in Christ's name. Amen. As we look at the book of Philippians, we need to remember that it was written to Paul to a, a local body of believers uh, back in 61, 62 A.D. He was in prison at the time. The Philippian church had heard of his imprisonment and they had sent Epaphroditus from their church to minister to Paul there in prison to bring him a financial gift, to bring communications to Paul. And then Paul now is sending Epaphroditus back to this church. It was a small church. The beginning of the church in Philippi is actually uh, explained and we learn about in Acts chapter 16. It tells you the, the story of the church, how it began, how Paul and Timothy and Luke had begun starting new churches in Asia and they kept hitting all these roadblocks and um, we don't know what was happening and why it was happening, but we know that they they were just not doing what they felt God had called them to do. And one night, Paul had a vision, saw a man pleading for his team to come to Macedonia. And so the next morning, it says they immediately got up and, and they went. And Acts 16 will tell you the story of some of the first church members there in Philippi, uh, one being Lydia, who was a businesswoman who sold expensive cloth and, and gave to the ministry. Uh, Another was the jailer who had charge of Paul and Silas after being thrown in prison on false charges. And in prison, rather than focusing on the problems they were encountering, um, Paul and Silas just began to pray and sing praises to God. And uh, we, we see in Acts 16 what happened there. And, and uh, so Paul had a really special relationship with this church. It's interesting if you, you study Paul's letters, 
um, to the different churches. And all the letters, he, he encourages them, but there's also elements of, of rebuke and, and correction. Uh, but in his writing to the church in Philippi, uh, it was all very positive. He, they had a very close relationship with them. They were close to his heart. As you read it in the Greek, it just is so rich, the love that is shared between Paul and the church. And So it's a very personal letter. We like to say that this is really a missionary letter to the church at Philippi because Paul has started the church and he was concerned and he was praying for the church. And as we look here, we just see Paul being very concerned about the church to stand strong, to continue in the faith, and uh, to be on guard. Um, and as you, you look through the letter, you know he's just saying, you know, stay focused on the gospel. You know, stay focused on sharing with those around you and encouraging them. And uh, so Paul is just really um, concerned and, and praying for this church, and um, he really wanted them to see the glory that he had seen in God working in him in their lives. And uh, he wanted them to continue that and to share Christ with those around them. And that's why he talks about this, this idea of, of partnership. Uh, but he starts out in verse 1, he says, Paul and Timothy are described as, as bondservants, as servants of Christ. And Now that word literally means you know, they're, they're a slave. You know, everything they're doing is for their master. You know, Paul's passion was to proclaim Christ everywhere. That people wouldn't see him, but that they would see Jesus Christ. That as they followed Paul's example of following Christ, they would really be following Christ. And uh, he just says, To all the saints in Christ Jesus at, at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, Paul is so concerned about serving others. That, that's his heartbeat. And he wants the church at Philippi to continue serving others as he has served them. And um, that's really against the culture of most places in the world today. Uh, in, in Cameroon, and we're seeing it in many places in the States, you know, serving others, humbling yourself, is looked down upon. You know, in Cameroon, to show humility is to show weakness. But Paul is saying, you know, we are to be the servants of Jesus Christ. We are to humble ourselves. You know, our, our culture here in America and in Cameroon just continually bombards us with this philosophy of me and myself and, and my rights and my ways. You know, even Burger King says, you know, have it your way. You know, the focus is on ourselves um, the individual rather than the community. And, you know, Philippians addresses that whole topic of unity as well, and we're not going to look at that today, but I am just amazed at how focused we have become with ourselves and the concerns for ourselves. And, um, you know, our prayers are for ourselves. And yet Paul says we are to be concerned about others. We are to share with others. And he really shares... In, in chapter 2, you know, Christ humbled himself. He left the throne for us. And, and we are to humble ourselves and, and set us ourselves apart to be used as servants, knowing that we are serving Jesus Christ and, and not ourselves. And I'm just seeing this is so countercultural uh, to so many places in the world uh, as we, we bring the, the truth of Christ in. This is one of the great things we have to confront. In, in Cameroon, it was amazing. 
one of the very first ladies' meetings uh, that Karen had, um, she just said to all the ladies, just go around the room and introduce yourself to the person next to you, and then you introduce that person to the group. And there was silence. Everyone just sat there and, and stared at her. And so, trying to be sensitive, she thought, all right, I said something offensive, and she went on. And, and afterwards, uh, she asked one of the ladies, why wouldn't anyone share? Was what I saying in French confusing? Did you not understand? And the lady said, no. We, I don't want to know the person next to me, because if I have a relationship, then I have to share with them. And if they have a need, I have to meet them. And we're like, Wow! Is this going to affect church fellowship? Is this going to affect the whole idea of one another passages? How can you pray for one another if you don't know what their burdens are, if you don't want to get to know them? And so um, Paul here is, is reminding us, you know, we are servants of Christ. and We have to humble ourselves, set aside, set aside ourselves so that we can minister to others and allow others uh, to minister to ourselves. Um, we are really set apart for his service. But what we really want to look at this morning is two points. And, and our first point is found a little into the passage around verse 3. Um, and it's that Philippians is proof of God's flavor or blessing to Paul. Uh, that his relationship with the church was really proof of God's blessing. And it's interesting how the blessing and the glory are really tied together. As we glorify God... God blesses us. And as we're blessed, we bring more glory to God. And, and the ideas are just really intertwined together. Um, and again, we have to just set ourselves apart and humble ourselves in order to have that happen. Um, you know, sometimes I'm asked, did I like Cameroon? And I have to honestly answer, no, I, I didn't like the dirt and the dust and... I didn't like going days without electricity, and I, I didn't like going weeks without water, and I didn't like having to, to climb through human waste in order to get to someone's um, hut. Um, I, I didn't like all that. But God didn't send me there to like, did he? He sent me there to humble myself and to love others and to lift others up. And... Um, that's what Paul did in, in this church. You know, you read about all the Paul suffering, all that Paul went through. If you read in Second Corinthians, just the shipwrecks, the beatings, the stonings. But Paul says, I did all that for joy of being able to share Jesus Christ. You know, he humbled himself. He put himself in hard situations so that people could come to know Christ as their saviors. And as he did that, God blessed him. And uh, in, the, in the Cameroonian culture, Pentecostalism is just rampant. And it's all material blessing. Uh, they don't preach the gospel. They just preach that, you know, if you give to the church, God will bless you with more wealth and money. And, you know, that is so untrue. Uh, how did Paul bring glory to God? Well, Paul brought glory to God by sharing Christ, by partnering with, with the church at Philippi and um, Let's look at verses 3 and 4 because we see that um, he's moved uh, to pray for the church. He says in, in verse 3, I thank my God every time I remember you. 
In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership. You know, Paul had a, a passion for God and he had a passion for the church at Philippi because there was that partnership together. Together, they were serving God. And uh, if we took time to look through the, the chapter, we would see that they had a partnership in prayer. Paul was praying for the church, and the church was praying for Paul. Uh, the church had sent a gift to Paul, and they were communicating back and forth. They, they had a really well-rounded, holistic partnership. Um, but Paul prays for the church. He thanks God for them because God allowed Paul to have a ministry in their lives. And Paul continued to pray for God. And I, I think this is a charge for us as well, that we need to be praying for one another, for what God has allowed us to do, and for those that we've been able to have an impact in to have a, a greater impact. Um, I, I like here, too, that it, it says that um, I always pray with joy. You know, he doesn't talk about happiness. Because happiness deals with circumstances. But he talks about joy. I pray with joy because I know God is working in you. And God is working through you. And God's working in me. And I can see God's hand upon you. And he says, I, have, I always pray with joy because of your partnership. Because together we are bringing glory to God. As we go out and share Christ, as I share Christ with you, we are glorifying God. And because of that, it doesn't matter what my circumstances are. I can have great joy. There was a, another prayer in Ephesians that Paul prayed for the church of Ephesus. He says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease. You know, We must continually be praying uh, to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a, the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, that you may know what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance of the saints, and that you may know what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the work of his mighty power. You know, we are to pray for wisdom in the lives of those that we interact with. That there's an understanding, that there's growth, that there's recognition of, of God's calling on their lives, as well as God's blessing on their involvement in the gospel. Uh, if you remember last night, we, we looked at that evangelism and discipleship chart. And, you know, everyone is somewhere on that chart. And we need to be praying that people continue to move up in that chart, that people continue to grow in their relationship with Christ. You need to pray for your pastor, that he doesn't just stay the same, that he continually is challenging and growing in Christ. We, we pray for our children that way, don't we? But we also need to pray for our spouses that way and, and for our friends, for the people that we interact with. We need to pray that they're continually growing in the grace of God, that they're continually growing in their knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, that is so important. Uh, when we're on the, the mission field, uh, we appreciate the financial support, but we depend upon the prayers. You know, knowing that people were praying for Zachary uh, through our transition was a great blessing. And then as we see God answering the prayers, we just praise God for that, knowing that it's not of ourselves, but it's other people praying and, and God working. Uh, we, we rejoice in that. Um, 
the, the Philippians were participating. They were in that partnership of the gospel from the first day until now. Um, you know, Paul presented the gospel to them, and then they began to share the gospel. And uh, we looked at the the one little scale last night and talked a little bit this morning in Sunday school about the fact that you know we want people to come to Christ. We want them to join a, a local body of believers, and that body begins to grow. That body begins to reach out and other people are saved and the body grows to the point where they then start starting other churches. Uh, Karen was involved in a a church in Indianapolis before we were married and their goal was to start 10 churches in 10 years. And you'd say, wow, how did they do that? How could that happen? But it was because they were being faithful uh, to what God had placed upon their hearts to, to reproduce themselves. They would actually take 50 people from their church and place them somewhere else to start another church. And, and God's hand was upon that. And, and in 10 years' time, they started 10 churches. And the interesting thing is you, you look at the, the mother church, membership didn't drop during that time. It actually grew. The amount they were able to support missions grew. Their local outreaches grew um, because they began reaching out and reproducing themselves. And... Uh, I believe that's, that's God's plan, that as people are saved, they join a local body, that body grows, other churches are planted. You know, that's what you want your missionaries to do, isn't it? To go overseas, see people saved, see churches planted that just don't stay as a little body, but it continues to grow to the point where it starts branching off, and then all of a sudden there will be mission movement. Um, those churches sending missionaries. Uh, do you realize in the United States there are quite a few foreign missionaries to the United States. Um, And that's great because we all are in this process. We're all involved in sharing Christ, seeing people grow, seeing churches planted that then reproduce churches, that produce mission movements. And the purpose is to glorify God, isn't it? Don't we want to glorify God as we share Christ and see people's lives transform? You know, one of the most exciting things is to see someone turn from their sinful life, receive Christ, and then begin to grow. Um, I, I love evangelism discipleship. Uh, that, that gives me my passion, my, my energy, because I see God working. Because I know it's not me, but God working in people's lives. And uh, here in Philippians, uh, Paul is just is talking about their partnership in that and what important role that they played in his ministry and vice versa. Um, It's an exciting time for this local body of church to to hear back from their church planter, to be encouraged by him. Um, And he just continues to to encourage them, as he says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to the completion until the day of Christ. You know, God's not done with us. He's not through us. You know, we are positionally sanctified in Christ. We're a new creation, but we still battle with the flesh, don't we? But one day, that work will be complete. We'll have the glorified body. We'll no longer have the aches and pains physically, but we won't have the aches and the pains of of emotions as well. We'll be able to praise God from pure hearts. Uh, What a day to look forward to. But God has placed us here still on earth to glorify Him by sharing what He has done in our lives with, with other people. And uh, Paul just goes on in verse 9 and says, This is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more knowledge and the depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and what is pure and blameless until the day of Jesus Christ, 
filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory of God. Again, Paul wanted God to receive the glory for all that was done in the church of Philippi. For everything that is done, it was to glorify God and not Paul himself. Um, He closes that, that prayer filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. You know, he wanted the believers to have that righteous standing before God, but then to be clothed in that righteousness that then produces fruit. You know, what are we doing to produce fruit? How are we bringing glory to God as we share Christ? Are we bringing the news of Jesus Christ to those who are around us? You know, each one of us has a sphere of influence. It may be at school, it may be at work, when you're out in the community. Each one of us, God has brought people into our lives who need to hear the gospel. They need to know that they are facing an eternity separated from God. filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. What are we doing as individuals? What are we doing as a church body to communicate the gospel to the people around us? Are you praying? Are you praying that God would bring opportunities into your life? Are you praying for clarity of speech, for boldness, for open doors, Are you praying for your missionaries? Uh, One of the partnerships Paul had was in the area of of finances. and uh, We're just so thankful for your financial investment in our ministry over the last 18 years. Um, You have an opportunity to renew that commitment to your missionaries and, and to your church today. So I know you're giving and I know you're going. One of the examples we see here in Philippians is Epaphroditus. And uh, this afternoon you're going to have the opportunity of hearing of a partnership you now have with a a missionary in the Ivory Coast and the impact that you were able to have. Uh, You know, it's a partnership. You're you're praying for your missionaries. You're you're going to your missionaries. Your missionaries come back. Um, But what is vital is, are we individually glorifying God by sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ? Because that is God's commandment to each and every one of us. Are we glorifying by God by participating and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ? Um, Just in closing, I'd like to ask you to pray for us as we continue to to build relationships in the new community that that we're living in, that we would be able to find ways to connect with people so that we can um, share Christ. I'd like to ask you to pray for the the 150 pre-filled missionaries that we're walking alongside, helping prepare and equip them for the ministry that, that God has for them. You know, pray for them that they do not grow weary. As you know, every weekend they're out visiting in different churches, spending hours in the car. Um, just the logistics of, of raising their support. Many of them are also working full-time jobs. They're studying Bible classes in the evenings. They're reading books in the evenings. You know, pray for missionaries who are preparing to go to the mission field. And then, and then pray, continue to pray daily for your missionaries on the field, for their strength, for their wisdom, that they do not grow discouraged. 
that they would have good relationships with other believers, with other missionaries. Just continue to pray that God will provide for all our needs, not our wants, but our needs. And we we do praise Him for His faithfulness over the years in providing uh, just wonderful opportunities to share Christ, wonderful opportunities for our children, wonderful opportunities to minister and, and we give Him the glory for that. We're, we're just earthen vessels, and yet God chooses us to be, as it says in Romans 10, beautiful feet, the messengers of His Gospel. Uh, so just continue to pray uh, for us, for the missionaries you support, and for those who are preparing, those who, who are leaving their families and their friends and entering into to new cultures and new situations, uh, that they they would be able to clearly communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's pray, shall we? Father, we do come before you, and we thank you for what you continually do in us and and through us for your glory. We pray that uh, we would continue to glorify you by sharing Christ with those who are in desperate need all around us. Father, I pray that our our hearts would be sensitive to those that are around us, to the people you bring into our lives on a, a daily basis that we would boldly proclaim the truth of Jesus Christ to them and that uh, the Holy Spirit would just remove those blinders of darkness and open their eyes and that they would trust in Christ alone for their salvation. And then we pray that they would just continue to grow in your grace and knowledge and that you would allow each one of us uh, to see that happen in the life of someone who is around us in this coming year. And we thank you in Christ's name. Amen.